Hey everybody, welcome to the a and After Show. This week it is me, myself, Lindsay Loveridge, with James Beckett. And if I sounded go. funny, it's because my mic was all the way over there. So if you'll excuse me for a second. I was preparing other things and didn't even, I was just talking. I didn't have a mic anywhere near me. It was all the way on the other side of the desk. And I was just ready to go that way. Um, go. All right, we've got a lot of news to cover this week, as well as a new episode of Jutsu Kaisen, and we're going to be checking in on Undead Murder Farce, or Undead Girl Murder Farce, um, depending which title you like more. They took the girl out of the name for the English version. I don't I don't really know why. <laughs> I think I think it sounds, I think it flows a little better, Undead Murder Farce. Like yeah. Undead Girl Murder Farce, that's just kind of a mouthful. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You, you can get by with without the girl in there. I mean, it's kind of self-evident. Her head is in a cage, so... And she, yeah, she's, she's all over every poster, so yeah. She, I was gonna say she's front and center in all the key visuals. So, uh, also, is she really undead? She's immortal, like, really, right? So, yeah, yeah, she's so, not like a zombie. She's not like decaying. No. As far as we know, she's never like died and came back either, right? She may have just so. always been alive. Mm-hmm. Very, you know, important philosophical questions that we're gonna have on the show today but before we get to undead murder farce introduced to kaisen season two and that really crazy fight between mahito and mechamaru um we've got some big news one of them is attack on titan related our, our inaugural show of the podcast one we've returned to numerous times whenever they finally release two episodes uh we've we been, have we've been covering the final season of the show literally for years <laughs> literally for years yes and so we finally have a date for attack on titan the final season the final chapter special two which yeah. is the last special this is going to wrap up the entire show which has been not continuously but on air for 10 years so the if you can remember Attack on Titan when the anime premiered in 2013, it's been it's been a decade since um, Aaron's. I when I first got set up in my basement apartment in college, I uh, had Hulu uh, running on my Xbox, and Attack on Titan was one of the first shows I watched. Oh my God, James! I know you were you were somewhere else doing something completely different when the show first first came out. I was I was, a, I was a dumb little baby person. <laughs> person um i was a mom still 10 years ago but i was in a different house um i was renting i was renting a house Uh, my husband and i were not married but we were living together i think we had just started living together in in 2013 so yeah i've gotten married and had another kid since attack on titan premiered on on tv yeah And and that kid who wasn't born yet He's now in second grade. That so, is just... <laughs> yeah. Even I, I, my wife and I don't have kids, but we have little, you know, little nieces, nephews, and and uh, all sorts of cousins running around. And the minute yeah. like small children like come into the picture, even peripherally, the passage yeah. of time becomes so much more uh, crushing and, and evident <laughs> because you'll like look one way and then you'll look back and they'll be like going through puberty and it's like what yeah. the hell happened? Yeah. This, you were a toddler yeah. two days ago. I'm pretty sure my eldest was probably in kindergarten. So, and he's in his last year of middle school now. So beautiful time. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It is weird to think about like a whole human didn't even exist. There's no concept for him. And now he's like 
Now he's like a personality. Yeah, he, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little dude. But enough about me. Let's talk about Attack on Titan. Um, this new this new finale, final final finale, is going to premiere on November fourth, and we have a trailer for it. I'd like to show so we can kind of. It's very short. I I don't know if you call it a trailer so much as a. A, a, teaser. a teaser, a teaser of sorts. Promo, yeah. A, a promo. Um, you know, there aren't subtitles. There's very limited dialogue in it, but uh, there aren't any subtitles. But let me get this queued up for you guys so that we can um, enjoy this together. Let me also make sure the sound is down so I don't blow out everybody's eardrums. All right, here you go. Aaron sounds so tired. I mean, you know. His final form, guys. His <laughs> final form is a little... Yeah. But the, I mean, action looks great. Uh, Levi obviously survived. They've stitched him back together. Sweet. It'll be mid midnight, so technically it's... it's uh, no, don't show that. That's the opening to completely... A different series um so technically it's november 5th midnight japan time but it'll be november 4th here in america and i'm sure that it'll likely stream on crunchyroll when it comes out but on top of um probably gonna this, crash the servers i bet oh i bet yeah on top of that they're also having a multi-day like after party for the entire series it's online but you do have to buy a ticket in order hmm. to get in um and it's supposed to have uh, maybe cast members there via their avatars. They're going to show videos at the same time and kind of have all this special content. The uh, video for the after party itself, I found to be pretty amusing. Uh, they have <laughs> made the Colossal Titan into a disco ball head, which, you know, is, is inspired. So I wanted to also show the little teaser for this after party. Um, it's supposed to be worldwide, so even if you're not in Japan, you're supposed to be able to to get in. So, you know, we're going to do our best to have a, a reporter in there. To, it it uh, would be interesting, given how um, dark and brutal and sad <laughs> this last season of Attack on yeah. Titan has been, for them to immediately go to, like, disco, disco mode. Yeah, yeah. Uh, LFR asks, is it going to be a film or multiple episodes? It'll be a single TV airing. Um, the last one, which was the special one fina uh, final episode, was about an hour, 45 mm -hmm. minutes to an hour. So I expect that this will also be about a, a similar length and sh on TV. So there's the Disco Head Colossal Titan I was talking about. Um, I have some thoughts about these, like, I wouldn't even call them we like me's from, from the Wii era. They're, uh, oh God, is uh, are we in the metaverse? Yeah, I mean, not technically, but yes. Um, looks like you get on the boat that maybe Aaron and his crew were on at one point. Um, you can explore the boat, and there are, like, rooms for the characters to look at. Is this what Roblox is? I don't know it what Roblox It does remind is. me deeply of Roblox, which both okay. my children play. So, yeah. I mean, the graphics aren't one-to-one, -one, but similar vibes. Okay. Uh, Yuki Kaiji will be there. He has like the cutest little cheeks every time. I was gonna say, he's like I've a, seen he's him. Adorable. He's adorable. Yeah. 
So yeah, they have early price. bird tickets. I don't know if that just means you get on the boat faster or what, you know, uh, get access to the lifeboats in case of a Titan attack. Um, it, is it going to end with everyone's little avatars getting smushed? <laughs> I mean, in all likelihood, yeah, that boat is sinking on November 8th after uh, after all the events wrap up or something. That'd be kind of amazing. That'd be kind of cool, actually, yeah. to get smushed by a Titan. I'd take that. I'd yeah. money for that. Uh, LFR in the chat also asked um, if they're going to change the manga ending. I don't know the ending of the manga. Both, I think both James and I have been uh, really dedicated to avoiding knowing the ending of this series, even though the manga ended. It's been it's been years now since yes. the manga wrapped up. So um, I know there's there's one line from the end of the manga that I know because it became kind of a meme around yeah. the time when the manga came out in English or got yeah. fan translated or whatever. And so that that line I know, and I'm wondering if they'll like translate it differently or, or, or if it'll play differently in context of everything. But as far as like how we get to that line and everything yeah. that happens around it, no clue. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know. I mean, I was I was just as surprised when we got to see um, Aaron's final form as yeah. a big, as a tiny little head on a big hulking rib cage. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't really know what happens. I think so, but I'm still holding to my fan fiction conclusion, which we talked about when we first started, like making hypotheses about how this how this series is going to end. Like, I think Aaron is definitely going to go out, and um, that there's like some secret dumb altruistic like motivation behind it to like stop titans from we're something we're, we're doing a, what is it, yeah. a code gas is that the one that did that yeah i think so yeah, yeah i think i think it's going to be in that regard but i know the ending's supposed to be controversial um i know the entire process of it might as well have traumatized isayama because he got a lot of bad press well, not, not press but fan reactions to the ending of the series. So I don't know if they'll change anything to try and rectify it or if he'll um, sort of oversee tweaking. Well, anime anime like fans that. are notoriously understanding of endings they don't like. Yeah, that's true. I mean, <laughs> the entire... <laughs> I mean, they should have a talk. I think, I think they'd have a lot that they could relate to about, you know, the creative process. And I feel like it was just evolve into like a, like an, two-hour-long conversation about bathhouses and Ultraman. Like, it would be like, if Ultraman used a bathhouse, what kind of bathhouse would it be? And then they would get into the real nitty-gritty of, like, the different kinds of bathhouses and the different kinds of Ultraman. Utility I, I think, poles has to come up at some point, though. Like, yes. I don't think Anno can help himself, so. He can't, truly cannot, no. Yeah, yeah. Trains, trains will come up, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, for real. Um, so, I mean, that's all we kind of know about it so far. We will definitely be talking about this episode on the podcast after it premieres um, in early November. Because, I mean, that'll be before Anime NYC and stuff kicks off and after Preview Guide, which we're um, coming up on. It's just sort of looming, like my own colossal I genuinely painting. can't believe that. I cannot believe that this season's almost done. That's stupid. It is. We say that every three months. I think it every three months. On the other hand, this was one of the weakest seasons we've had in a long time. As far I can as... remember the last time there's been like so little, not even like so little that I felt inclined to watch, but like so little that people are talking about. I yeah, like. um, it's one of the few times I've... Uh, 
I mean, I usually have like a general awareness of everything that's airing. Um, I have legitimately forgot about certain shows that are currently airing of the season because I have seen like nothing about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone know what's going on in Classroom of Heroes? Anyone know what, what the fuck that is, for instance? Or am Wait. I actually the strongest? Remember that the, one? I keep seeing that. Every I, The only reason I know about am I actually the strongest is because the ad pops up every time I open up Crunchyroll. Oh, really? Banner. Oh, and then okay. my wife, my wife will go, no, every time she sees it. And so that's the only yeah. reason that that has any, yeah. any cultural uh, purchase in our house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, these are all, I, there's like a couple of like romantic comedy slash like harem anime, I think that are also airing that I've completely. Tense is still doing its thing. Well, that one I know about because the thread on anime news network about that show is like 500 pages and it's constantly <laughs> updating. So you know, I have to peek in there every once in a while, make sure no one's getting like too homophobic, which happened today. Um, great. Yay. Great yeah, great times. So, yeah, but there's there's just a lot of a lot of fluff. I mean, Ayakashi Triangle. Do people care about that? That's the one that got canceled and came back, and it's got art by the same guy from um, Tlaveru. But I genuinely don't know what that is. Like you say that that name and I can't even. I think it's got a cat with testicles in it or something, or a cat that's obsessed (laughs) with testicles. Does that help? Does that help? I don't know. Um, Yeah. So anyway, it's just been the season's almost done. Um, I think it'll go down as one of the least remembered, other than like JJK and Undead Murder Force stuff, like kind of kind of pulling their weight there. Um, It doesn't help that like Zom is like. On, like, you know, no one even knows when they're going to be able to watch Yeah, I still feel and... real bad about Zom, you know? I feel like they have managed to maintain things, to, you know, despite, like, the episodes that are coming out despite being delayed, like, they don't look like production disasters, but it has definitely killed a lot of the uh, hype around the show, because it, it opened up so strong. Um, next in our news is, hey, everyone know Miyazaki? <laughs> 82 years old he's got a uh, film out called the boy and the heron that has made lots and lots of money um it's now the 20th highest grossing anime film in japan unseating tales of Earthsea, which is hilarious on like a meta level i'm legitimately angry that tales of Earthsea got that high yeah i, haven't, I, I still I, haven't seen it i have a passionate and enduring dislike of that film yeah that movie yeah. made me mad but on like a meta level though dad just yes. had to come and unseat goro for for spot number 20 knock him out of the top 20 of all time i mean the minute the minute this headline came out about miyazaki's quote-unquote retirement all mm-hmm. i could imagine was like a grown-ass goro miyazaki sitting at home with like a little airplane set that he was going to build with his dad. And he's just like looking at the door, waiting for dad to come home. Oh, no. <laughs> Miyazaki shuffling back into the office. Like, well, <laughs> he's got his little like fishing pole. Dad's going to mm-hmm. take me fishing. He promised. Yeah. yeah. Um, no. So I don't know if Miyazaki actually ever came out and said, okay, for realsies boy in the hair and his last one, or if everyone was like the man's 80 years old. So obviously this is the last one, but the, uh, I guess we all just assumed the movie might. It was a reasonable conclusion. <laughs> it was just a reasonable yeah. conclusion, right? Uh, but Studio Ghibli's vice president Junichi Nishioka was on the red carpet, and he told, uh, I think it was CBC, that uh, this is not his last film, 
And to quote him, he said, other people say that this might be his last film, but he doesn't feel that way at all. Emphasis, you know, me here. Uh, he is currently working on ideas for a new film. He comes into his office every day and does that. This time, he's not going to announce his reti retirement at all. He's continuing working just as he has always done, end quote. Good for him. You know what? Do whatever you want, man. This is obviously what makes him the most happy, so he should just keep doing that, I guess. And the most miserable, which I think is, that's the feedback loop that he thrives on. It is. It is. Now, in fairness, um, have seen the trailer for this film, because G-Kids did, in fact, put out a, a trailer which I don't think we've actually shown on here. Um, we haven't. I could pull it up. It looks amazing. Like the score is got the song that they have playing by uh, Hisaishi in the background of the trailer is like really eerie, which I just like latched onto it. It got, I got chills watching this trailer, which isn't something I experience very often. I don't think um, there's just some amazing like, fluid animation going on both of the main character like running during the uh tokyo fire bombings uh post uh during world war ii and if you know anything about the plot of the film it's you know it's about this boy and his mother has died and he's wanting he's trying to find her again or he, he's told that once he goes into the supernatural space he'll be able to see her and there is what i assume in the trailer a scene of her like laying down and he like puts his hand to touch her and she's just like made out of like liquid so he, his hand just like sinks into her face gorgeous it's just yeah it's just gorgeous 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 stuff um that well, I'm, I'm really glad that because i i like the wind rises a lot but that movie is very much i mean it's the most grounded movie that miyazaki's made really. yeah um yeah. And I, I am glad that, and it had some whimsical imagery, but that definitely was secondary to the the drama and the the more human um, side of the story. So I'm really glad that at least one more time, uh, he got an opportunity to get really weird with it and to yeah. play around with some of that like spirited away uh, Kiki's delivery service, that more just magical imagery. Yeah, it was uh, my primary concern when I, when I read the review that uh, Richard Eisenbeis wrote for, for our site, was that it sounded a lot like Spirited Away, only a period piece with um, main like the main character being a boy. But I was like, this just sounds like Spirited Away again. Um, turns out, once I saw the trailer, I don't care. Looks great. Gonna watch it. Probably. I mean, Spirited one. Away is legitimately probably one of like the top 100 greatest films ever made. Yeah. So Spirited Away again, even if it was 50% less, or even if it was only half as good, it would still probably qualify as one of the best movies ever made. So, yeah, and uh, <laughs> the audience response to the film is kind of backs that up. At least in Japan, so far, um, as of September 10th, it's earned about the equivalent of 54 and a quarter million, which right. is a lot coming out of the Japanese box office. Um, if the international response is anywhere near that, um, I think it's going to do pretty well for itself. So if you guys want to see it, uh, G Kids will screen it in North American theaters and IMAX on December 8th with some special preview engagements on November 22nd. So, yeah, uh, I got to say, I'm really I'm really jazzed about this golden era of actually getting to see Japanese films within a reasonable window that we're living in. Yeah. Um, I mean, it still takes a little while, but like I got to see Shin Ultraman in theaters. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's insane that that that's is a thing niche, that right? That's really niche compared to you know. Usually, we'd only get 
something attached to a really large IP. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, we got quite a few of the early Pokemon films opened in theaters. I think those did eventually. Stay. But I mean, Pokemon, Digimon, we got the one Digimon movie. Yeah. You got a couple of the Godzilla movies, but even those didn't really. Yeah. You know, the, the Japanese ones, they, like, right. they stopped after 2000. Uh, Ghibli was yeah. the main one. Yeah, we would, but, we would get the Ghibli ones. I, I saw the first Pokemon and I think the third Pokemon movies in theaters. I took my little brother to see the third one. But I um but yeah, otherwise you you know, even when they were even now we're getting them as at least like limited engagements, like maybe it'll only play for a weekend or two weekends or something like that. But these are always this is a movie based on the trailer, you're gonna want to see it on the big screen, yeah. I think for sure, over streaming. Um, and something that I've come to realize is that Miyazaki's movies truly do benefit from the scope. Oh yeah, for sure, um, for sure. I did a I did a Miyazaki watch through over the last like year and a half, where we, we watched pretty much all the Ghibli movies except for a couple we skipped. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, one that I watched and I was originally a little underwhelmed by was Castle in the Sky. Okay, which I, I had that one. I actually haven't seen all of them. Like I've got. I, had, I hadn't seen it up until this watch through. It was one of the ones that escaped my, you know, I never watched it as a kid. And when I watched it at home, I was like, oh, this is good. I can definitely see like, you know, Miyazaki is kind of growing and, and developing and has this classic feel. Um, but it wasn't my favorite by any means. And then just maybe like two or three months ago, mm-hmm. uh, maybe uh, whenever they do, um, Fathom was doing the big Miyazaki um, screening series throughout the summer of this year. And we went to go see Castle in the Sky in the theaters. And I, yeah. Yeah, I, I was blown away. I was wow. like, oh, this movie's incredible. I love everything about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something about that theatrical experience. Uh, yeah. Um, I just rewatched Princess Mononoke with my uh, my oldest because he hadn't ever seen it. And I was like, well, I haven't. I did see that in theaters when it the first time around. It was one of the. Oh, man, that must have been cool. Yeah, I was not. I was probably like 14, I think, ish when I got to go see it. Um that and there was like a limited screening in Portland of uh, Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust. So I did get to see that in oh, theaters yeah. too. That was that was dope. Um but yeah, watching that movie again, um amazing film. Just amazing film. Uh I think my son liked it well enough too. The only thing where I think it would benefit, of course, from big screen is like when the when the um spirit of the forest like you know gets decapitated and gets all big just having that size on the screen um would be good and also i feel like streaming it on hbo the sound mixing i think is a little off it's just like the background music is is pretty loud compared to uh, the dialogue which i don't think is so much we watched it dubbed too which the performances in that are great although i still think moro's japanese voice is probably i mean i love jillian uh the wolf the oh okay Jillian Anderson's great too, but I mean, the Japanese voice for that is just like perfect. I think. Remember Billy Bob Thornton was in that dub. That was so. Wild. Yeah, yeah. Billy Bob <laughs> Thornton plays uh, the the little, 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 little dude. squat dude, the yeah. guy who's there for the head to bring it to the emperor because the emperor thinks he's gonna. There's so many like political moving parts in that movie that I did not pick up on the first time that I watched it. Like as far as mm-hmm. like the motivations of everything that's happening. Um, and fun fact, if you pick up the uh, Princess Mononoke picture book that Hayao Miyazaki did, um, it works as like a prequel for San's story. If you want to know how she ended up in the forest. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's a good movie. All right. Uh, our last bit of news is also a movie. It's, it's all movies today, I think. Um, Madoka Magica's final, you know, until it quits printing money. <laughs> So that, movie. That, that franchise is an ending. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is we've got a date, we've got a release window for the new Madoka Magica movie. So for those of you who are familiar with the franchise, it was a 12 episode series. And then they did two compilation films. And then they did a third film that made everyone really, really mad. Yeah, it did. It made a lot of people mad. It ends kind of on a cliffhanger. It isn't resolved. And it's sat that way for not 10 years but a while it's been a while like since rebellion came out right at least five it has to I, at least it has have to be been more than five no 10 years has it been 10 years since rebellion came out yes october 2013 wow so about not long after attack on titan premiered yeah rebellion came out and um so without getting like too spoilery though like it kind of upends the very sort of bittersweet ending of the original series. Um, people have been kind of waiting for whether they would do something to help Madoka out here. She's left in a very precarious position at the end of Rebellion. Well, the new movie, it's going to be coming out winter 2024. I don't know if that means January 2024, February 2024, or more like November, December 2024. Yeah. So yeah. it could really be either. Um, Typically when they do like anime season, like when we do the winter preview guide, it's the winter 2024 preview guide because it's all the shows premiering in January. But that doesn't mean that the distributors for this film follow the same <laughs> rules that we do. It really could be either one. Um, it's titled <laughs> Willem uh, Magi Madoka Magica, the movie While Pergus Knocked Rising. Um, if you're familiar, that's a lot of colons. That's it, so many. It, it, <laughs> there's a only, dash at the end. Why are we putting a dash at the end? There's just a dash at the end, and I think there's only one colon technically, right? Um, no, there's two. I mean, at least in the in the news article, there's. Uh, oh, you're right. There is two. It's the movie yeah. colon while Purgus knocked colon rising dash. <laughs> so good job, good job, anime. Is it better or worse than Attack on Titan, the final season, the last chapters special two? I don't know. Better, if only because we we didn't have three final seasons of the final season That's true. before the second half of the final final season. <laughs> it's true. So. It's true. So, uh, anime business, uh, get it together, guys. Come on, you just you just need to get it together. Um, so this I'm movie, excited though. I, uh, I mean, yeah. Monica is always good. It's a great franchise. Yeah, and they're they're getting the gang's getting back together to make it. So Urobuchi is writing it. Like for real, he's writing it. He's not just scribbling a premise on a napkin he's, he's and then not collecting scribbling a, check. a premise on a napkin. Um, the cast is coming back. Akiyuki Simbo is the chief director. I feel like for him, though, if you guys are familiar with Shaft, he's kind of the chief director for everything that Shaft, you know, is the foremost uh, producer of. So if they're like making that anime, usually he's listed as chief director. I don't know. Maybe that just means he makes sure there's enough like deep head turns and like um you know intertitles and intertitles and and uh, lighting effects yeah yeah um but he's the chief director geno Urbucci's writing the script um 
Ume Aoki's back with the, the original character designs. Uh, Yuki Kajira's doing the music. Uh, no word yet if like Claris is going to be doing the main song for it, but I would not be surprised. So with that said, I'll show you guys the tr um, teaser trailer for this new movie. Let me know if any of it makes sense to you because um, classic Madoka Magica, it doesn't always make any sense. Here we go. Too quiet. No subtitles, unfortunately. It definitely looks like a shaft uh, trailer, right? Yeah. Yeah. This girl's uh, necks are just cracking in half. <laughs> There's a lot of. Uh, phone imagery uh we did see uh sayaka in here covered in just covered in bandages uh mommy is in here there's a effectively creepy little theme going on in the background so this part with the rose arch should be familiar if you've watched rebellion because that's kind of how it ends i wonder if they'll uh I wonder if they'll work in any of the canon of that uh, that spin-off show that came out. Oh yeah, ago. yeah. I liked Side Story. I thought Side Story was actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't watch Side Story. It also had a lot of um, production issues. I think going on at the time that led to some delays and whatnot. So yeah, um, I have the imported version of, of those movies and I'll probably give them a rewatch before this uh, comes out just to make sure that I'm like up to speed. Rebellion was weird, guys. Like, I don't, looking back on it, I don't have like strong negative feelings for what they chose to do in that movie. Um, only that we had to wait 10 years and I want everything to work out. <laughs> but uh Madoka was one of those shows that kind of in the Utena vein and in the Evangelion vein, like a fandom came together to, to like piece together a lot of things because yeah. there's, there's just stuff like in it that is never really talked about or like pointed at. It's just sort of there like Faust. There's just, I mean, it makes sense because of Cube that you would have like yeah. Faust references. Right. But I mean, you know, there's like, there's a whole made up written language that, fans figured out how to translate and then it ended up being uh, quotes from Faust and it was, yeah. Show was wild. I get, I got really into it at the time because I, I like oh, sort was, of I mean, puzzle box was, stuff. It was one of the biggest, I mean, in Attack on Titan, I think at the time we're, we're very much the two like juggernaut franchises. Yeah. Yeah. As far as the fandom goes, you, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't, swing a bag full of dead cubes without hitting a Monica cosplayer. Yeah, yeah. Especially one of the one of the things that came out of Rebellion was a lot of lot more like extravagant cosplays because Homura gets her like devil Homura design in that movie. And I that might be the first time we see like God Madoka. I don't recall if she appears at the end of the TV series or if it's in Rebellion. So every you know big dresses, lots of ribbons, guys. It's perfect for cosplay. So um 
Yeah, so yeah, looking forward to that. The key visual is also kind of weird. It's, um, let me let me pull that up just so you guys can get a gander at it. Uh, it again uses the, the phone. Spoopy phone. Spoopy phone going on here. So I don't know, this kind of looks like a Magatama coming out of it. There's a spine inside. I don't know. Okay. Is there like a is there like a hand coming out of the mouthpiece? Uh, yeah, like, just like, like four bone bone fingers, you know, coming out of the mouthpiece. We've got two homeras here, which again, like, kind of makes sense if you were able to follow along with Rebellion, because we've got we've got timelines, we've got time travel, and we've got you know deification and all kinds of weird stuff. So. Yeah, uh, LFR, I think that is a spinal cord. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, look forward to that coming either in a few months or a year, about a year. <laughs> something like that. Um, I'm kind of wondering when we first got a teaser for this, it included a, a ballet scene. And I'm wondering if that's still going to show up. Like when they first started saying, yeah, we're making another movie, there was this scene of a Madoka and a tutu like doing ballet, but uh, no sign of that. In the teaser so Madoka black swan crossover that's right yeah yeah that's i mean if anything like creepy ballet stuff certainly fits with the aesthetic i think of Madoka magica um but yeah no idea if that'll that'll actually show up uh with that said let's uh move into the epic fight that was in this episode of jujutsu kaisen season two mahito versus mekamaru um It'll be an easy episode to talk about because it was pretty much just a badass fight scene. It was. It was a, a badass a magical fight Evangelion scene. and this shitty little troll person. <laughs> well, he was such a bitch, man. Um, yeah. Like he's just. Um, I, I will say, like to start things off, um, the spectacle of this fight was amazing. I was still kind of pissed by the like anticlimactic. Uh, conclusion at the end and that's because and shonen does this all the time so it's not like jjk's fault necessarily they'll they'll do these awesome amazing fights and then for some reason the villain still fucking wins at the end yeah and i was like it didn't feel like he should have won well i i think i said this in my review i i wouldn't have mind i didn't mind that he won yeah um but i would have liked more confirmation or more context to at least maybe see that um Kokichi slash Mekamaru's plan to to get Gojo info about the the upcoming attack was successful. And I mean, yeah. maybe we're meant to assume that it was because Gojo doesn't seem super flustered yeah. by the stuff going on at the end of the episode. But it did kind of because we didn't get that like that confirmation. We didn't get a, a really solid transition from the fight to the Shibuya stuff. It did feel a little like it was kind of pointless. Yeah. 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 I would have liked to see like some, somehow how the information got from where he was to where Gojo was. So it didn't feel like it was all in vain on, on I mean, other, part. like other than like, you know, doing the thing where, Oh, we want to see how tough the baddies are before this mm -hmm. new arc. But we, we already know that Mahito is tough. We, like we know that. Yeah. <laughs> He's got poopy hands. Yeah. And I, I kind of got the sense that this is such an Ava shot. Um, I kind of got the sense that I was freaking out. I was having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought that uh, Mahito and Gojo were mostly like 
kind of testing a couple of their like skill ideas as far as like how they plan to implement them in Shibuya. So as far as like the simple domain thing, which I don't really understand. I I, I just I just accept that like I don't understand how the power magic stuff works in the series, and I just watch it and it's fine. Yep. Um, other people will care, and that's for you. But it's just it's not for me. Um, but. Other Pretty than, much whenever, whenever anyone says that something worked for some reason, I just nod and go, all right. Yeah. I yeah. believe you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I didn't feel like he necessarily should have lost. And maybe why I was annoyed the most is just because Mihira walks away with Gojo and he's like, yeah, I, uh, I exploded myself at the exact same time that he used the thing. And so it didn't work. And it's just like such a shonen battle manga bullshit it, it feels like two boys on the playground that are kind of yelling the rules of the fight as they go which i mean but a lot of these shows play out like that shield negates your laser beams and your laser beams were generated by my ultimate magic which i took from you in the last fight and it's like I, okay come on, I yeah and i mean this show and a lot of other shows they just they just do that like yes. i've Again, I've kind of accepted that. You see it in JoJo's. You see it in this. Um, you see it in Demon Slayer a lot. It, it kind of comes with the territory of the explainy talky instead of just showing stuff because there are people who really get off in like understanding the in, like the mechanics of the the magic fighting shit. And I mean, like I said, that's if you're into that, that's cool. Um, I don't keep a notebook to keep track of like whether everything's staying consistent in lore and, and whatnot, like just don't make it too outrageous and I'll probably be fine. Cause I'm, I'm checking out a little bit while I'm here to watch like the cool fights. I don't really care about the, the mechanics of whether they're working exactly like they're supposed to, but if it doesn't make sense and if it sounds particularly lame, I'm going to get annoyed. And so in the case of, yeah, you know, he was down to his final last shot, and but it still didn't work because I exploded myself. I don't... Yeah. That's dumb. <laughs> like, I wasn't even that, like, emotionally attached to Kokichi. Like, he wasn't, like, a favorite of... This is a large, large cast. Everyone's gonna have their favorites, so this wasn't... The, you know, the wood guy was not one I particularly latched on to. But even then, like, I could feel how much, like, power he was trying to put, you know into this fight he was giving it his all um and they really hyped you up with the actual fight animation itself you know, like there were some really really cool moments in here so to end on well i just exploded myself is not yeah it's not good enough for me it's not good enough for me um well especially because we're working with a character on the other side that we don't know super well mm -hmm. uh, with kokichi right and yeah. he's he's just uh, introduced a completely kind of new version of his powers with with using up like all the the if I'm understanding it right basically all of the 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 time he spent uh, locked up in his you know former body he is able to harness that and expend it um, as as power which again a, a neat little Ava reference including the clock inside of the mech yeah uh, with the with the timer but um, because we're still kind of grasping onto what even like the rules or the limitations of that are to be told almost as soon as they're introduced oh well here's how i beat it it's like oh well okay i guess then 
Yeah. Wasn't really, didn't really need that much explanation to begin with. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, if we can put that aside, I, I do want to talk about some of the cool parts of this fight because the animators did an amazing job of this whole thing, uh, putting flourishes and style into it. Um, we were talking off camera a little bit that I feel like certain cuts were probably done by a particular person because Mahito would look sick, like stylistically quite different at certain points. Um, or that was direction given to like denote his, uh, his like crazy state, I think at the time. Um, but it almost reminded me of like Ergo Proxy, which Hunter Robin kind of face. Yeah. He knows yeah, what yeah. I'm talking about. Like, Absolutely. you don't really see that uh, that much anymore. I'm going to see if we have a specific screenshot of if that. It is, yeah. If it is like his big shit eating grin that he has. But it, this yeah. point here, where it's like this particular angle on the face, the way the lips work and the, the details on the eyes and everything, that's what it reminded me of is like that particular era of. Um, they were digi paint shows usually, and another one that kind of looked like this was a Soul Bianca, which was like a sci-fi OVA that put me to sleep as a teenager. But I've heard is really good if you you know if you're into that. Um, reminded me, it reminded me a lot of that. And yeah, Elevar, it was distinctive, right? So it almost, it, me, it almost gives me a little bit of um, paranoia agent vibes, like a tiny, yeah, bit. yeah, yeah. Which again, I think is still sort of like the same era definitely paranoia agent there are some parts in there where you know it's like a undershot but the eyeballs are really big and it's supposed to kind of get you in this weird things are things are nuts this person isn't all right in the head like there's some wackiness sort of going on in there you should be afraid of them you, you know they're unpredictable that sort of thing kind of like a it's kind of symbolizes like mania sort of in a way right um so I thought that was really cool. Um, 31 Moth 13 talked about Mahito turning into all those animals. That was also very, very cool. Um, it's all done from like a first person shot from behind. So it's like you're the viewers chasing him, right? Because it's, it's from Koki maybe Kokichi's point of view. Or maybe yeah. it's supposed to be the robot's hand or something that, you know, something that's like right behind him. And he turns into a rabbit. Um, a gorilla. I feel like there's another animal in between there. And I thought it was a mole almost at first, but it might've just been another like weird perspective on the fingers. Or like a, like a lemur or like some kind of like. Yeah. Like, yeah. Tree, some tree animal. Yeah. Um, that shot was, was really cool. Um, another one that we have in here that I thought was really neat was when he does, he also has wings at one point. So kind of a bird thing. Um, also, so are his legs just like necrotic? Because I, I ask this because these aren't pants. Right? I, I don't. Uh, I don't. I mean, you it's see giving me like, like satyr vibes, almost sort of thing, right? Like he has like stitch lines around his groin, so it looks like it could be like some kind of artificial or okay, like or, like his torso is like just kind of sewn onto. Something. something else or like yeah. plastic or, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just a weird thing that like I kind of noticed. But another point that I thought was really cool that you got a screenshot of here, like whatever was going on in this like attack, which seemed religious in nature, right? I don't feel educated enough to say what the exact references necessarily are, but he got like real quiet and then all the hands came out and then they started doing, um, 
I mean, what I think was Shinto hand signs, but I'm not exactly sure. And again, like, please correct me if I'm wrong on this. But anyway, I just thought this attack was was really, really cool. Whenever they pull out his uh, his domain with the hands, I think it's a lot of fun. It's one of the coolest visuals that the that the show has, okay. uh, and I'm glad they use, they use it. I'm glad they use it kind of sparingly too. Like we don't. Um, I mean, we haven't seen Mahito that much, but yeah, um, it, it it means that whenever he busted out, it feels like oh shit. Yeah, yeah, it down. definitely felt like a like a, a super big moment, and Kokichi followed that up. You know, we think he's like done. It seems like, you know, his mech is depowered. He's not going to be able to escape this domain. Um, and then Mojito's going to go, like, you know, take a breather for about 10 days and recoup before they lay siege on Shibuya on Halloween. And then he pulls through with, like, a surprise pine stab, which I thought was really cool. But then Mojito gets in the cockpit. And this was scary. This was like legit scary with a smile and he looks like a, like a crocodile kind of like, he's got like all like, he's kind of moving like this, which I don't know how to describe this for people who are just listening. I cannot see the motions I'm making with my arms, but just imagine sort of like, a, like a, yeah, I was going to say, imagine like a penguin kind of uh, going back and forth, except with, with arms out. So like, yeah, really and wide... maybe like on its belly. And yeah. then also there's lots of arms, though, because I feel like he had at least six or something. So like, hey, you know, yeah. Also, all the parts where the flesh kind of like bubbled and boiled and then like burst and then he freaks out and starts trying to transform again, like really rapidly. And it's like this amorphous blob, just, like all of that was so cool. Yes. Yeah. Just well, again, I think, uh, and I know that there are a lot of fans that probably don't agree with me, but I, I think there's some that do too, based on prior discussions. But mm -hmm. I think this fight was would be even better if everyone just shut the hell up for like 10 minutes. If yeah. didn't say a thing. Like yeah. the, my favorite back and forth was that moment where like you think that Kokichi's down and then he like impales Mahito by flipping him off with the robot. Yeah, yeah. And um, that to me is the kind of visual back and forth that makes the fights interesting. Where mm -hmm. it's like, oh crap, he's down. What's he gonna do? Oh, he's gonna stab him through the chest. But the minute they have to like pause the battle to explain why this completely abstract made up thing is happening, yeah. that's what takes me out of it. Where I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Like, I don't, who knows? Like, who cares? You're using yeah. your magic ghost hands to slap the magic robot puppet man in the face. <laughs> like we don't, yeah. you know, I don't necessarily need like a, like a lecture on the metaphysical nature of uh, a spiritual phys met metaphysics in order to appreciate the drama that's happening. Right. But, but that's right. me. I feel like um, in general, media could benefit from just not thinking about it too hard when they are, when they're creating it in the first place, because as soon mm -hmm. as you create a complicated system, then you have to keep explaining how it works in new unique scenarios that you will inevitably have to introduce because you want to keep things fresh, right? Like, so you, you, you don't want to keep having like the same types of fights over and over and over again, but every time you come up with a new concept to throw in a fight, you have to be able to explain why that concept is doing what it does and why you're able to defeat it the way that you did. So just don't make it complicated to start with. And that way, when you're building on it, it's not. See, this is why my favorite, at least as of right now, probably my favorite, I don't even know if 
Yeah, it's kind of it's it's a battle manga, but this is why I think Chainsaw Man is my personal favorite uh, of these modern shonen jump titles because yeah. uh, pretty much every fight boils down to um, Denji's going to chainsaw just a little bit harder <laughs> or a little bit weirder. Yeah, yeah. And, and then he's and and in, when it does get to the thing where they end up having to explain it, and I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything for people that aren't caught up in the manga, but they're like there are a couple of there's one there's one thing especially at the end of part one yeah. where Denji has to explain how he defeated an enemy, and it it doesn't involve the usual chainsaw go burr. It actually took some strategy on his part, and the strategy is so intertwined with like the character dynamics and the character de development. That it's like a gut punch and you're like that's what i care about being explained to me mm -hmm. that's the kind of stuff i want to learn more about i don't i don't care like where chainsaw man gets the devil fuel that he pours in his gas tank to make his chainsaw go 10 percent harder than last time like, i don't yeah. care about that yeah but... yeah um i think like people give shows that keep it simple uh, a lot of flack for like being like, oh well, he got stronger due the power due to the power of friendship. Like that will come up. That's fine. Yeah. You could do that every single time. I'm okay with someone just reaching deep inside and remembering that they love their family and friends, and then hitting harder. Like that's that's yeah. good enough for me. I don't I don't need oh well, my power can double Uno reverse your power because da 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 da. I don't. We, I'm too I, stupid I, for it. I guess I'll just, like, <laughs> just put it that way. Like, I'm too dumb for it. I don't want to keep track of it. I don't. I don't. I, I, think, like, I, th I think there's a sweet spot that you can strike, especially if the mechanics are being explained in a way that feels natural and feels like it's a part of the story that you're currently invested in. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, if it's like, um, like an Evangelion, right? Like when they have to explain, oh, well, we have to factor in the fact that these things have a three-minute battery once they're unplugged. That sure. can create some interesting conflicts, right? right? Or in the really good fights of Dragon Ball Z, where you know they have to explain, oh, well, here's why we can't use the spirit bomb in the way that we usually do. Or here's mm -hmm. why Cell was able to power up in this specific way, and here's how we need to counter it. That yeah. kind of thing, I think, can work. But the minute you start having to bust out like a spreadsheet, that's when it loses me. When it's like, yeah. wait, I... I, I need to consult a wiki because I can't remember which of like the five different categories of sub powers this particular move falls into. And I feel like they're expecting me to know to understand why this thing happened. Now, like to be fair, we've talked about this before, specifically when we talked about the last Evangelion film, which is full of like techno jargon. Oh yeah. That movie, that, Ava has its own bullshit scale that it deals yeah. with. And just like in that example, same with this example, uh, we don't care about it. Um, <laughs> don't care. I'm interested in Shinji's growth as a person, um, his his conflict resolution with his deadbeat dad, and him, you know, finally maturing into adulthood. And maybe, you know, some of the other themes about like environmentalism and rural life versus, you know, commodified technology technological social life all those you know and depression and and the things that we actually feel as humans i don't 
I don't care about the weird gates. The, the seventh layer of the Neo Babel Crystal Gate. Don't care. <laughs> don't care. I don't even think that Ano does. To be honest, I'm. I mean, I'm convinced that 3.0 plus 1.0 was mostly trolling with that stuff. <laughs> By the time we get to that last fight. And yeah. it's just a crew of people we barely know mm -hmm. screaming jargon that does not make sense. I'm convinced that Anna was like, screw it, whatever. I'm almost done with this freaking franchise. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to throw in every single term I've ever jotted down in a sketch pad into yeah. the script so that we can get Shinji to hug his dad. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, so just like that that approach, I know that some people love like deep diving into it. They like writing essays about it or like how the themes that are, are mentioned in, in those things like play out. And that's valid. Yeah. But I think if you're coming to the A in and after show, don't expect that here. We just don't. We don't play, was, we don't play with period, it. <laughs> there was a period of my life when I first got really into Ava and anime where I was like, making charts of all the different angel names and oh yeah me, i did like, that too references. yeah and then yeah. 30 year old me it's like oh who cares it sounds cool yeah <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> there, there was a crossover alignment to Lindsay, who was really into uh the angel sanctuary manga and all of the like uh gnosism and stuff that got played up in there and ava at the same time and like cross-pollination because angel sanctuary was goth as fuck at the time and the art was beautiful and it played with a lot of those ideas and then you know i don't know i think i think there was a point where it's like if i if i get all this i'm gonna unlock the secret ending and just really understand it better than you know everyone else if i just do my research but no it's i mean valid but not genuinely important to appreciating uh the media that we're talking about um real but quick if you like it that is 100 awesome yeah and hey, you know what? I'll read your notes if you send them to me. Just don't expect me to create those notes. I just <laughs> won't. Um, the second half of this episode is the setup for what I assume is going to be a really baller episode that comes out on Thursday. So I, I am excited about what's coming up. Um, it switches it switches gears. It goes into Shibuya. A veil is dropped on the entire Halloween revelry that's going on there. And people are trapped inside they cannot get out and for reasons that they don't know there's like a little voice in the back of their head that's telling them that they need gojo even though none of them know who gojo is um this also included a lengthy like talk sequence by the guy who was with um uh megumi he's just like hey megumi did you know and then just like drops a whole bunch of like and that, bullshit and that was exactly the thing where I was and like, I don't... yeah i know that <laughs> Thanks. So, like, I was just, I was, it lasted like, it was maybe only a minute or something, but it was painful. It, was it, painful. Felt, like, it felt like hours. It felt like hours. We didn't know who this, who this dude in a hoodie was, or it's not a hoodie, sorry, it's like in a beanie, but it was, it was too much. I did not need his, um, his input on how veils work or whatever. I only tolerated it because he was there with Nanami. And I've been waiting for my Nanami moments and he got to talk in this episode, although he, he didn't did, do he got lines. He got lines, although he didn't get to do anything cool yet. So no. um but uh the actual party um I don't think we have a screenshot of it, but uh, fun historical fact 
I guess you could say, is there's a part in this where they they're trying to tip over a truck. If you guys uh, remember watching that, in that really happened. That is a reference to a real event um, that I wrote about when it happened on Anime News Network. So. Uh, for those who don't know, like Shibuya... Was, that, was it in 2018? Was it that year? It was 2019. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, you know what? It may have been October 2018, and then... Uh, yes, yes, it happened in, in 2018. So that year, um, 10 people from Japan and Europe were charged with overturning a truck in Shibuya on Halloween. Uh, what's kind of interesting about this is this actually led to a law being passed a drinking ordinance that banned public drinking in the Shibuya area on Halloween and New Year's Eve. So I don't know if the party has ever recovered. It was getting like crazy. Um, LFR says a riot, not technically a riot, but it there was destruction of public property. People were like climbing um, lighthouse, not lighthouse, um, light poles, like traffic poles, climbing up on them. They were getting on top of cars and like standing on the roof and jumping around. And then about 10 people uh, flipped, flipped a truck. I don't believe anyone was inside or injured. It was just criminal mischief doesn't seem like a strong enough term for what happened, but you kind of, kind of get the gist of it. And they filed charges and actually arrest some people. And just FYI, if you're um, not a Japanese national, don't go to jail in Japan. Okay. Like yeah, don't go. Don't I mean don't commit crimes in, in any country. Right. But don't commit crimes in a foreign country, especially. Like not I feel like people don't know this specifically because they think like, oh, you know, um there's no bail system in Japan. And if you do happen um to get arrested, they're not required to charge you for almost two months and they can just hold you the entire time. And they definitely will if you're a foreigner so don't do stupid shit in japan yeah. don't do it don't do it um they don't have they also don't have to my knowledge the innocent until proven guilty uh, well uh, don't thing. forget they have a 100 percent prosecution rate so yeah, why why do you all think that is do you yeah, think it's because all those people were guilty do you think that's why no so just don't flip trucks or climb up on buildings or do any any of that kind of stuff okay like they they're more concerned about keeping their percentage high than necessarily uh doing the right thing so anyway by the end of this episode gojo does show up but we're not gonna you know things things are gonna get nasty in shibuya i just I just oh, have yeah. a feeling I just oh have real quick uh, Lindsay, could you go back to the the screenshot of the the girls that are kind of partying uh was it the one? Uh, that, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The ones where uh, some dude asked them for their picture. They're dressed up as like off-color versions of characters from, or maybe not. I thought it was Darkstalkers. Well, I was wondering. Girls. Is the girl on the left in the angel outfit? Is that Yuko? You? Oh, that looks like Yuko, right? Oh, from last episode, the tall girl. Yeah, is that not Yuko? I. You know what? I'll let you talk about Undead Murder Farce, and then I'll go look at the screenshots for sure. I'm not sure for sure she is, just because I think she's still in high school, so she would be underage compared to, like, the girl to the right who is drinking, presumably drinking. But that doesn't, I mean... Oh, that okay. Mean, That's true. Do that doesn't mean people. for a fact that, like, she's not with older friends or something like that, right? So... 
I mean, it could it could, it could be her. It could be. Maybe um, she's just another tall brunette. Yeah, yeah. It's a popular hairstyle too. So with that said, we don't have screenshots for Murder Farce, but we are going to talk about Murder Farce. Um, we, we checked in on it last arc after it wrapped up its vampire arc. And then the middle arc was um, about Lupin and the Phantom of the Opera stealing a diamond from a museum that was run by, is his name Phineas Fogg? Phileas Fogg. Phileas Fogg from Around the World in 80 Days. Because the diamond is supposed to be able to reveal werewolves. Am I right? Yeah. The okay. location of the werewolves. The location of the werewolves. Um, there was a lot of bait and switch and, uh, you know, sleight of hand movements and everything. But in the end, uh, Aya and uh, Subaru ended up with, or sorry, Subaru ended up with Diamond. And they're heading into Germany where there's supposed to be werewolves to kind of get further on their, ser their search. They are being pursued by Moriarty's gang who also wants it for their own means. And um, in we the find most out that that um i keep forgetting i keep forgetting is it subaru yeah Su okay. subaru. subaru subaru yeah um i keep forgetting his name i just think of him as convoy um, yeah. find out yeah. that he is a result of the experiments that moriarty ran to create like a perfect monster human hybrid oh uh, right, which right, also right resulted in jack the ripper <laughs> is, uh, as you do um, subaru sorry thank subaru. you nick um, yeah. Sugaru is uh, so Sugaru is the blue oni to Jack the Ripper's red oni. Right, that's yeah. A fairy tale reference. Yeah. Um, she is it Shizuku or sh it's Shizuku, right? The maid. Sh yeah, yeah, yeah. Shizuku. Shizuku. Uh, she, she falls off a waterfall. She falls off a waterfall, and she also got a little hot and heavy with Carmilla the vampire. Yeah, um, yeah. Carmilla used her um, her vampire powers, which in her case it makes people very lusty. And then now that scene from the opening sequence makes more sense because it was always there's always a scene of like kind of silhouette of two women, you know, making out. And it was like, one of those is Shizuku. Who's the other one? It's like, oh, okay. It's her one time vampire lover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so the show yeah, rules, by the way. If yeah, the show's really the show, good. The show kicks ass. The show's really awesome. Yeah. So they head, they head into Germany to solve and they, they encounter a real life game of werewolf. In a town, um, young girls, or I should say preteen girls, slash 15, I think 15 is like the oldest one, are being um, brutally murdered by what they presume is a werewolf. Uh, their bodies being found in the forest. And everyone sus is suspecting the outsiders because this, that's what humans do, right? So um, most people. To be are fair, we do know that werewolves canonically exist in that, this world. That, and that, they know that too. Like yes. <laughs> so werewolves do definitely exist. According to the mayor, they come down from, you know, their, their own werewolf village every once in a while, just to eat a couple people, um, you know, when, when they get hungry. So uh, they have reason to be suspicious. They had just killed a werewolf and her daughter. Um, in a fire about eight years ago, although that werewolf Rosa had not actually killed anyone, but you know, they were being preemptive in that. Now we, as the audience know that like the daughter got away, right? Because there was actually Rosa, her daughter and a dog in there. And then they only found the bones of Rosa, who was in a large werewolf form and the dog and uh, Jute, I think is how it's pronounced. The daughter um, gets away. Um, 
And it seems like her mom is more like a, a refugee from the village. Like she seems to have escaped the werewolf village while she was pregnant and she was taken into the into the human village da, 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 until, you know, her, her secret was discovered by another little girl um, who looked very similar to Jute. And her name is Jane... Uh, Louise? Louise, that's right. Um, so Louise is the one who initially outs them to the rest of the village and she's the most recent to have been taken but her body has not been found and so Aya and her crew are trying to figure out where she is and who's committing these murders uh, they did find a werewolf in the form of the painter Alma who um, starts talking about how delicious human flesh tasted and so she may be the one who was guilty for the bodies that they found in the woods. I mean, but the I'm... way she was talking about those dead girls that she painted pictures of, was a... <laughs> <laughs> I was getting, I was getting some Amber Alert vibes. Just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I don't think she's responsible for Louise's death. We still don't know where uh, Jute is. I don't think Alma was Jute just based on like her reveal in the show. So I don't think it's the same person. Um, and Jute would have reason to want to kill Louise because she could blame her for the death of her mother. So, but really the best part of the show is Suguru and Aya's interactions. Well, all of their Very interactions. Delightful. Yeah. I, I don't know this arc. So this arc is hitting such perfect. Um, I have such a affinity for this exact kind of like misty European village horror suspense whodunit thing yeah yeah it's like just a couple degrees uh away from a, a full bloodborne and i'm i'm happy with that yeah um, yeah i love the setting i love the the tone um i think both of these arcs have been much stronger than the vampire one which was yeah. good yeah but um i definitely think the show's just been getting better and better as it's gone on each arc yeah um it also reminds me a little bit of like early on in resident evil the village sort mm -hmm. of setting yes right? exactly yeah. and exactly. and if um you saying all that reminds me if anyone here hasn't and they're enjoying this arc try out the um, horror visual novel raging loop it's on the switch okay. um by amphibian and it is it is werewolves but it is a secluded uh japanese village in the mountains and trying to figure out you know who the where it is like the game of werewolf itself too but mm -hmm. also you know there's like multiple paths and ancient gods and other weird stuff that comes up it was a lot of fun um oh lfr says loop or loop. it's actually loop l-o-o-p but it's a pun, it's a, on pun. it's a pun on purpose because yeah. it's one of those visual novels where there's multiple paths multiple loops but you as the player character retain your memories with each one i love it when the games do that where they're like so it's, hey, it's groundhog day with werewolves uh, kind of or more more just like um oh what's that i know exactly what you're talking about where um like nine nine like nine 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 yeah yeah or uh higurashi those are both ones where the protagonist yeah. figures out that they're in like a, a a system where their choices are directly changing and they remember past iterations so it, it has that element as well so um so yeah, like that a lot uh, my cat Daphne is here. She's not usually, but she wants me to let her out and has decided to lay in the laundry by the door until I do so. So um, so if you heard that, that was her scratching at the, at the chair to be like, hey, remember me? Um, 
Yeah, but I yeah, I'm really enjoying this arc. To be honest, like I don't know if I was just sort of sleepy when I watched the middle arc, but there's a lot of mo more moving pieces in that one, so I felt like I kind of had a harder time like latching onto it. But I'm really enjoying the the werewolf arc. Um, anyone remember if this show is supposed to be 12 or like 24 episodes? Because I feel like I want at least two more arcs out of this. I know. I, I want. Out, I, right? I want. A, I want a full 24. Let's see. Uh, yeah. Undead murder. And I, I just want everyone, by the way, to uh, commend me for my restraint, because I have not made one single murder farts joke this entire podcast, and it's I've true. been so tempted. It's true. I mean, undead murder farts, that writes it, come on. That writes yeah, it, it does. Well. It does. And I um, think Sugar, uh, Sugaru would, would approve he would. of undead um, murder farts, for and sure. And then he'd get the, the crap kicked out of him, uh, yeah. and rightly so. Yeah. Elevar uh, says he thinks it's only 12 or 13, so. Oh, it's so depressing. Why can't... I miss when anime could be longer and the yeah. industry wasn't constantly on the verge of collapse. Um, yeah. Okay, well, we'll just appreciate it. I mean, so every arc up until now has been four episodes, so I'm guessing... Yeah. But we had a, a premiere, so this one has two more... Mm -hmm. So maybe we'll get like a, an epilogue episode as well. Yeah, I guess I guess I'm just like mentally preparing for the fact that we're not going to get Moriarty dealt with during this. Uh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, if you guys haven't watched any uh, Undead Murder first, go check it out. That one's over on Crunchyroll. Um, I also, before we wrap up here, wanted to plug that we have set a date for the fall anime uh, trailer watch party. That is going to be happening at the end of this month. The season starts sooner than usual because because it's no rest for the wicked. No rest for the because I don't know. The first weekend of October was too late, so you know preview guide will launch on the 29th. So in accordance with that, uh, the trailer watch party will be on Wednesday, September 27th at 5 p.m. Pacific. It'll be myself, Jackie Jing. James Beckett here and Jeff Thew from Mother's Basement will be back. Um, I have do not. You know, do you know how many trailers we've got this uh, this season? I haven't counted. Okay. But what I can tell you, and this is what gives me fear, this is what gives me nightmares, okay. is that if you go over to AnimeNewsNetwork.com, uh, we have a feature that's under the new anime tab that tells you all the upcoming series. Right. Usually, um, that begins showing all the stuff for the upcoming season the month before. So you go over and look at that list on September 1st. It usually has all of the October premiere shows. I know for a fact that there are too many to fit in the, the usual grid. And so it does not currently show you every single show that's uh, premiering for the fall season. All right. I'm yeah. Um, if anyone also wants to, uh, LFR says Wednesday, the September 22nd. No, Wednesday, the 27th of September. So that's when we'll be there. Also, if you want to know why I'm exhausted, make sure to check Anime News Network on uh, September 18th, Monday, because we're launching the Fall Manga Guide. Um, that, like our anime guide, is going to have the volume ones of new series that are premiered, that um, were released in September, October, and November. It's pretty comprehensive. There is about 75 uh, new series in there. And there's you a light guys novel. have been busting your butts. There's a light novel guide that goes with it. It's not quite as comprehensive, but that's that undertaking is still 
um, entirely Rebecca Silverman. So she reads um, all the books that we put in there. And she also does a lot of the manga that's in there too. So just appreciate how hard everybody's working. We also have uh, contributions from Christopher Ferris um, and Mr. AJ Cosplay. So hopefully, you know, if you're looking for early holiday shopping ideas for people who love manga, you can get a, a quick taste of 75 different manga series in there um, to help find your next read or something to get for a friend or family or anything like that. So uh, look forward to that. We'll be putting, I haven't, haven't done the math yet. Um, gonna be updating it daily. I think it'll run for about two weeks. Uh, with six books a day. So I have to do some some easy division there, but I think it ends up working out for to about two weeks with, with that many updates each day. So um, that's what's going on over at Anime News Network. As always, thanks to everybody for listening. We are here on Tuesdays, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, and I get the podcast up usually the following day, unless I've been really busy, which is every day. Um, in that case, it might be a little bit late, but you can also listen to us on Spotify, um, odyssey wherever you like to listen to your favorite podcasts uh, we appreciate everyone's support uh we're part of the um believe network of podcasts um if you go to the audio version of this one is up on animenewsnetwork.com we have t-shirts it's been a while since i mentioned that but we have t-shirts you could buy a t-shirt that says uh, super streaming anime club on it the logo is very cool a graphic designer made that for us it looks kind of uh, street fighter ish um if you wore it if you wear it and come see me at the next con I'm going to be at, which in this case is Anime NYC in New York, New York, um, I'll give you a high five. And That's it a make deal. Me happy. That's yeah, yeah. That those are deal. those are rare. Okay, not everybody gets a high five. All right, um, only cool folks with t-shirts get high fives, or if you're just nice, you know, not I guess that picky. But thanks the everybody for helps, the t-shirt helps. The t-shirt helps. Yeah, definitely. It definitely like boosts high five chances. So uh, we will see you guys. Next week, um, just as a, this may be kind of obvious, but because we'll, we'll have the trailer watch party on the 27th Wednesday, there will not be a podcast on the 26th. I'm sure you all understand. Um, it'll be about three hours the following day instead. So yeah, you're going to a double dose of the crew. So yeah. Yeah. So we'll see you guys all next week until then have a great evening and be nice to each other. Bye. Bye-bye.